Hey everyone, welcome once again to the Panelized Prefab Kit Home Building Show. With me as usual is the president and founder of Landmark Home and Land Company, a company which has been helping people build their new homes where they want, exactly as they want, across the nation and worldwide since 1993, Mr. Steve Tuma. Steve, how's it going, my friend? It's an excellent day today. It's a beautiful day and I think... I think we're going to talk about architectural plans or something like that, right? No. Yeah, I thought I might ask you a few questions about developing uh, architectural plans, and it sounds like you'd be up for that. So mm-hmm. why don't we um, start off simply? Let's let's just say I'm a, I'm a customer or prospective customer of, of Landmark, and I have an idea for a home. How, how do I go about turning that idea into an actual set of building plans? Well, it's actually a, a relatively simple process for our customers. Um, we've got the full capability of doing the architectural design, structural design, and details for the building permit. So we basically just need a, a starting point. Right. And, Steve, sometimes that starting point is I need a three-bedroom, two-bath, 1,000-square-foot ranch for a city lot. Or sometimes people say, well, I need a three-bedroom with a gaming room, a convertible room, office, you know, guest room type thing with a two-car garage with a, a bigger garage to the side for motorhome parking. Mm-hmm. So sometimes uh, if people have that just general idea, a few sentences we can work from there, other people will sketch things up. They don't have to be architects you know, or really, really trained. They can just kind of draw what they can on a piece of paper and email or fax it to us or text it to us mm-hmm. for review, and basically we take it from there. So what, what we need to do is just get the concept what is it you want? People may not know the end result of exactly how it'll come together, but they generally know what they want. They want a two-car garage. They want a basement. They want a three-bedroom, two-bath. Uh, the master bedroom being a big suite and then a big eating kitchen, mm-hmm. you know, with a deck off the back to look at a, a view of a lake or field or whatever it may be that, that they're lucky enough to have on their land. So that's that's a general point. You know, it starts with the dream. It starts with the idea. And then we could take that idea. Um, some people have a set of plans. Some people may have gone online or sketched something up themselves that's that's a little more detailed, and we could take it from there. Others have complete set of plans, and generally we could work with those as well. So uh, basically it's the idea, get us, your, get us the idea of what you have, and then we can help you carry it along from there. So people shouldn't be intimidated that they need to have professionally drawn plans or that if they sketch something, it's not to scale or, mm-hmm. you know, even dimensions aren't right. Um, we've actually had people draw stuff on a napkin, take a picture of it, and text it to <laughs> us. And it's become a house. Other people um, will just tell us. And then, then we'll start with an idea and move forward. Mm-hmm. So the key to it is that, that we're fully capable of taking the concept, putting it on paper, and making it a legitimate set of plans they could turn in for permits as well as uh, use for, for the building phases. Hmm. Now, if I um, – on your website, you guys offer, I don't know, so many different uh, plans – to choose from for the average customer. But if I, if I, let's say I look at a plan that you guys offer and I say, I like that basic idea, but I, I want to customize it. Um, what is what the difference between using the standard plans, let's say, or, you know, uh, my own kind of 
adaptable custom plans? Well, we can work with all of them. And, and what's really interesting is, yes, we have thousands of plans on our website. Mm-hmm. It was 20 years ago that someone said, I want that exact house. You know, So everyone does changes, whether they're simple things like add a window, move a door, add a foot to the house, or they change 50% of the plan mm-hmm. and, and, and take it from there. So the idea is we can get you what you want in a home. Hmm. And that's the key element. You know, we could add different features to it and go from there. But, hey, if someone likes a plan as it is, there's nothing wrong with that. Now, you bring something interesting up, standard plans. Um, With the Internet, there's a lot of plan services out there. Right. And they do a good job of giving options and showing a bunch of different houses and different details and supplying some information. The key to it is that with different building sites, different code application in different parts of the country, and then also, to tell you the truth, just the limitation of some of the designers, sometimes there's issues with the design that we need to clean up and adapt so that it's usable for your exact building site. So generally, uh, we would draw plans up, make adjustments, make sure they work for what you want and your building department. So the key element is we're kind of the filter to make sure that the plans are usable. Mm-hmm. Um, because sometimes people will go somewhere and have their local friend draw a plan up and, you know, he gets that, that person might get the idea across, but the full structural concerns, energy calculations, site planning details, all the details might not be there. So we're able to wrap it up and and get it put together. Mm -hmm. So that, that's a key thing. So Steve, it, it can literally be a situation where someone could call us up and say, Hey, this is what I want. Talk to us for a little while and we get the answer or they can send us plans that they're ready to go with. Mm-hmm. Now, how how far into the process can I make changes? I mean, I know that, you know, as uh, I'm sure there are a lot of customers where, you know, they want to keep making changes up until the very last second. But how does that process work where we go, look, we've we've pretty much got the house the way it needs to be? Well, we can in the preliminary plan stages, we can make the changes that that a customer needs. Mm-hmm. And some you're you're getting at an interesting point because sometimes people will go through and say, "Hey, Steve, I'd I'd like a kitchen like this. I want an island in it, and I want my stove in the island." And then when it's drawn up and they think about it, they're like, "I don't really want that. I'd mm-hmm. rather have my sink in the island, so then I could look over the great room and talk to the family." Right. Right. Or or they figure, hey, you know, the TV's over here. Maybe our refrigerator should be closer to the TV. Or, you know, they, they look at it. So sometimes it does take a few times to go in, draft it, and then let people kind of soak it in. Mm-hmm. Now, the double-edged sword to that that you brought up is how far into the process can you do it? Right. There is a certain point that people have to make decisions and kind of buckle down and say, hey, this is the final one. Because I've noticed... Mm, you know, since 1993, when we've been helping customers, if people just constantly make changes, they're they're kind of like chasing their own tail type of a situation. They're not right. really accomplishing things. They've just haven't made a decision. So there is a certain point where we suggest when we're in the preliminary plan stages that that's the end of, of changes. And then once they sign off, when we do final plans and all the details, that they that they don't do changes. The reason being... Is at a certain point you've got to lock these down. You got to do the architectural design, the structural design, energy calculations, and someone may come through and do something as simple as say, "Hey, I I want to, 
take this window and make it into a big, huge patio door. Mm-hmm. That can that will affect the structure. That will affect energy calculations, and it'll affect the architectural right. design. So, like a domino effect. Exactly, and mm-hmm. then it, it just takes a little bit longer to get it done. And you know, we try to avoid additional expenses, but there's a certain point where. You know, you you've got you have to, to build your house. <laughs> well, that that's ulti- that's ultimately it because it, you know, jokingly, it, you know, it's, uh, someone will say, "Hey, I need to get this done by tomorrow." But can you do these five changes? <laughs> you know, so it's kind of like, okay, right. I, I, you know, there's there's the impossible request, but <laughs> amazingly, we we get it done. So what I tell people is, you know, do all the changes in the preliminary plan stage. Mm-hmm. Think it through. Take the time. It's not a race. You know, take the time to make sure it's done right. And then once we go through, you know, we we like to avoid changes. That being said, we're extremely customer service oriented. We we have violated our own rules. (laughs) I just did today for a customer. Um, They they needed something that made a lot of sense. And I'm working with the engineers to adjust it and and move it forward and and be very accommodating. So the the ultimate goal is is to uh, get our customers the, the home that they run. Make them happy. Um, we talked a little bit on the last episode about um, about foundations. Now, how much you know? Do I have a choice of what foundation I want, and how much how much help is Landmark willing to throw in to tell me you know what the right choice of foundation is for my area, my land, etc.? Well, I'll answer that backwards. We'll do whatever we can to help a customer determine what's best. And some designs are a little better for certain foundations, and then sometimes land conditions mm-hmm. uh, dictate the, the the type of foundation. Um, yeah, we did talk about it in one of the previous podcasts, but but basically, Steve, if if someone said, "Hey, I want to build the most affordable house," and I'm on flat land in an area where there isn't really a need for a lot of engineering, um, someone could just put something on a slab. Mm-hmm. They could put it on a crawl space. They could put it on a basement. But let's just say you took that exact same house and stuck it on the side of a hill in Colorado or California. We've got other issues with uh, snow loads, high winds, earthquakes. Let's just say we, we took it to uh, Florida. Suddenly you've got a hurricane issue. So let's just take the example of, of that house, say, the simple house on a flat piece of land in Iowa, you could do a slab foundation or basement very easily. You go stick it on the side of a a mountain in California. We have to earthquake engineer it, and the nature of the slope of the the mountain is you're probably not going to go with a slab. Mm-hmm. You might go with a uh, a kind of a foundation that steps down. Depending on the slope, it might be a crawl space or it might be a basement. So that's the, that would generally work in those conditions. There are situations where you can get in a grading, but that, that gets a little deeper. But then let's just say you took that exact same house and said, I want to build it on Key West. I have the perfect mm-hmm. lot. It faces south. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's pr- probably really good to put it on a slab because a storm surge could be eight feet. It'll roll right over the house. Mm-hmm. So the code's going to kind of dictate that you have to put that house on piers. So suddenly, it's not just a choice of what the customer prefers, but it's a kind of dictated in a sense by the code and the the building conditions. Now, I don't want to make that sound negative. Most people that are building in the Keys want the view. They want to be higher up. They understand it. So therefore, it makes sense for them to put it on piers. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so all these things are kind of just the nature of the area. It's customary for the area. And it's uh, it's something that we can help with. So to, to answer your question is we will help them anywhere in the design process to do something to make sure the house fits the land, but also the lifestyle and uh, target the budget as well. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I, I wanted to hit a little bit on something that we've never really talked much about. Well, a couple things really, but we'll do them. We'll knock them off one at a time. And that's uh, porches and siding. Now, uh, you know, the porches take on so many unique shapes sometimes. And, and when, if I want to add a porch to one of my designs, is that like a completely different deal or how does that work? It's something that we can typically draft on any design and just add it. Mm -hmm. Now, there are some designs that are more conducive to it than others. Mm -hmm. But let's just say you had a typical ranch home, something 26 deep by 40 feet wide. To put a porch across the front, all around it, and the back is is generally uh, pretty easy to do. And, and we could add details like that. Sometimes people want wood porches. Sometimes they want the man-made materials. Sometimes they want cement porches. Um, some of them want decorative porches, a little four-foot porch to put a chair and some flowers. Mm -hmm. Other people would like an eight- to ten-foot-wide porch for, you know, the outside living room. Right. You know, type of situation. But but then you can go into other designs where sometimes the you got to work on blending the porch into the design. And also, you also have to look at the grade of the land and, you know, make sure everything will flow properly with the land to make sure that if you have a porch and a staircase off of it, you can access the land below it mm. to, to enter to enter and leave it. Um, you, you mentioned something on siding. Yeah. Um, that, that, that's in, that's a, that's a good question because that's one of the finishing details. And that's something, yeah, it's something we haven't hit on before. I thought mm -hmm. it would be good to talk about it. Right. So siding, you can put brick stone mm -hmm. the fake stone the fake brick the cement board which is important in areas with fires uh vinyl real wood pretty much whatever material you want log mm -hmm. you, you you can uh you can put on on this home we could draw it in and we could put the specifications on the plans so that your building department understands uh what it what it is that you're going to put on it mm -hmm. so so yes you could dress it up and and uh the interesting thing is a lot of people are dressing their homes up more. So they might put a, a little stone across the front. So let's just say the front wall of your house was eight feet tall. Mm -hmm. Maybe the first three feet is some type of stone or brick. Then above it, they put a cement board that they would paint. And then they might put different trim around windows or on gables, put a scalloped kind of siding on there. So it's it's possible to put all these different varieties of finishes on there to really personalize and dress the home up uh, the the way you want. Mm -hmm. the, the the flexibility and options are pretty endless. And, and it sounds to me like working with Landmark, you can end up with a, a pretty unique home without a lot of work instead of living in one of these, what do they say, ticky-tacky neighborhoods where every single house <laughs> right. looks exactly the same. Yeah, I live in the gray one on the left, and there's 50 <laughs> of them. You know, but, but and that, that that's the key thing to it because – Stephen, whether you have seventy thousand dollars to build your house, or fifty, or a million, or two million, or five million, mm -hmm. you want to be proud of it. You right. want to pull up to it after days of work and say, "This is cool. My family's got what they need. It's energy efficient. I can afford it. I like it. I'm mm -hmm. proud of it." Right. And so, irrespective of the budget, I think it's important to go through and detail it out so that people people get a house a little bit different. That's why people. Um, 
I think work with us is they can go through and get the house they want instead of like you said these neighborhoods where it's like hey it's the you know the whole Henry Ford thing you know you can have any car as long as the color is black well mm-hmm. the you know some of those tracked places or whatever it's like hey you can have any floor plan as long as it's one of these three and the upgrade is you can have a half round window at the front door you know it's kind of right. like that that that's a little bit different version than what our customers like where they want to go through and say, hey, my family gets together and they like to eat outside on the porch, or mm-hmm. hey, we cook together, or hey, we have big holiday get-togethers, or hey, the kids need a, a separate room that's good for them to live in now and a study, but then when they leave, it becomes a guest room or a hobby room or whatever it would be. So the, um, a little bit of thinking up front, you can really develop a house that's a lot more usable mm-hmm. than than just any house off the shelf. And that, that's that's what we're able to help with. It's more bang for your buck. And to tell you the truth, the buck is about the same. It's just a yeah. matter of <laughs> taking the time to make sure the house is designed right. Right. And then, yeah, I love that what you were talking about, the pride in your house. You know, that's I think that's so important. That That's very important. It's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a lot of money in anyone's home, so may as well get something you like. Yeah, big investment. Um, some with sometimes with people, it's the biggest investment they're ever going to make, and uh, right. why not give it get it right? So that w- that was just a couple of things we hit on that we hadn't really talked much about before. But now I just you know like to uh, reiterate and kind of go over a couple things for people who haven't heard every one of these podcasts. But one uh, one question your company gets a lot is windows and window sizes, and how do you pick that? How does Landmark help someone pick their windows and their window sizes? Well, it's, it's pretty interesting. And let me point out, we don't supply windows and siding. We could specify them on the plans mm-hmm. for people to select exactly what they want mm-hmm. and then, then put in the plans. But basically on window sizes, we would put suggested window sizes in the first set of plans. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense that meet the egress codes and the light and ventilation codes to make sure that everything flows properly. So we we would install we would put those details into the plans and make it happen and then once the person gets the first set of preliminary plans they could look at it you know it's kind of a basis point a starting point mm-hmm. they could say yeah I like that or hey I want to make it bigger or I only want it single instead of double or hey I want a bigger patio door there and that's how we go through so the the interesting thing with windows is window companies are not standardized mm-hmm. in their window sizes so one company might create a three foot by five foot window, where the next company has a three foot one inch by five foot one inch hmm. window. So we'd put the suggested window size in there, and then they and the plans with a window schedule, and then they could take it to their window supplier, and that window supplier can then go through and give us the rough openings for their exact window size. That allows us to build the rough opening right into the panelized wall so that the window just gets installed very quickly and simply on site. Mm-hmm. Now, there's there's something else beyond window sizes because there's tempered glass, there's different energy efficiencies that may be required. So, like, like say you had a window by a staircase or right by your bathtub, those are areas where you might slip and fall and fall through the glass. So they want tempered glass. Mm-hmm. Tempered glass is more like a car glass. Have you seen broken glass? Car, for, you know, mm-hmm. it breaks into small little pieces. Right. You could like roll it in your hand. It's not really going to cut you. Mm-hmm. Where regular glass can break in a 
sharp pieces like swords and obviously do uh, a lot a lot of damage so that that's the key thing with the window is it's it's also not just the size it's the features is it tempered is it not tempered and then also energy efficiency uh conditions uh windows don't perform as well as a fully insulated wall but in their world they're getting to be bigger you've all been by windows where you can feel a draft where you can feel right you know, more more of a cold thing so that that allows you to go through and and steve windows are also um part of the decoration some people might want simple vinyl or tan vinyl other people might want a wood window on the inside, walnut wood, to have a particular finish. Mm-hmm. And it, it gets down to, you know, what kind of hardware. Do you want polished brass, brushed, that's a tongue twister, <laughs> brushed <laughs> brass. You know, what what is it What is it that you want? So people can go through and, and pick that out. And there's double hung windows, single hung windows, casement windows, picture windows, so that people can sort out what type of window. They, they want in uh, in each location. Hmm. Now, um, another one of the topics that we've kind of hit on before, but it's always good to refresh, um, kitchen and bathroom design. And again, especially for women, especially, I mean, kitchens and bathrooms are a big thing. You know, we guys, we're just like, ah, whatever, if it's usable. But, yeah, uh, where's the food? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's really an important aspect for, for women that uh, – you know, the design of the kitchen and bathroom has to be just right, the right size. And, and uh, how uh, how does Landmark go about helping people design uh, kitchens and bathrooms? Well, we go, we go through the process of discussing the design with the customer, get the preliminary set of plans drawn up, and then do a, a kitchen layout that, that should work properly. Mm-hmm. You know, we could add dimensions and then the people can sort out and say, hey, yeah, that works. Or, hey, I changed my mind. I don't want an island. I want a peninsula. Mm-hmm. Or, hey, I want a bigger island. Or, or hey, I need my refrigerator over here. Or we decided to go with a, a double stove. Because now the, the kitchen's kind of becoming that, the living room, you know, in a right, weird way right. with great rooms where it's a central point of, of activity. And it's a central point for people to get together uh, with the way people live. They're not necessarily get, sitting down at 5 o'clock every night at a big round table and having dinner. People are doing this and doing that with uh, different schedules and activities. So we can get them the plans, and then they can design the kitchen the way they want it. Now, what we would do is add dimensions to the kitchen and bath areas, you know, wherever they'd have cabinets. Mm-hmm. And then they could go to their local kitchen supplier or designer and work out exactly what they want because some kitchens can get very intricate. Mm-hmm. So they could go through and say, hey, let's make sure that, you know, the, the bread cupboard works out, the knife holder, the tray station, you know, the, all these things go through. And then we could design that layout so that it fits into our house, make sure windows are located in the right place, hallway openings, any walls or different situations that, that they would need. And that that's also pretty important uh, because it, it ties into our doing an accurate uh, plumbing diagram as well as an electrical layout. Right. Makes sense. Right. Yeah, but if, Steve, if you have an island, you know, you, you've got to put a circuit or two there, but that may be someone's kind of office. Mm-hmm you know, situation or a little homework station or, or whatever it may be. So getting that laid out properly is there. And that's actually a, 
you know, an important part of what we do. But let, let's not undercut, you know, the man caves, you know, the, right. the entertainment the rooms. <laughs> yeah, all, all these other areas that come up to it where someone says, hey, you know, my family likes to work on our bikes or, you know, we have off-road vehicles or trucks or or boats or a hot rod or whatever. And suddenly the man cave, you know, the little extra area in the garage, there there needs to be ele- electrical circuits or a countertop or whatever whatever it may be there to uh you know to be put together so we could work with those the rec rooms the the future rec rooms the a lot of people are doing the short term rental you know apartments mm-hmm. you know things like that and and in some areas where they're kind of sneaking in a second living area in one house we've got to design that right a lot of these building departments don't want a full kitchen in these areas or they right. consider it two homes mm-hmm. and it violates zoning so sometimes we've got to develop a certain type of kitchen for that secondary area secondary area um how far into the process would i as a as a customer who's who's designing my own house um how far in would it be okay to make significant changes, and I mean big things, like like let's talk about roof pitches. Let's say I decide eh, I'd like the pitch of my roof to be a little steeper or a little less steep. Um, where does that fall in uh, when it comes to you guys and your advice? Well, a big change like a roof pitch or a big feature like a roof pitch, people generally know up front. Mm-hmm. They'll be like, "Hey, I, you know, you hope. I, I, yeah, I, <laughs> you know, I'm in an area. I like this design. It needs to be a steeper roof pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, so we like to get that stuff done up front. Uh, but if they needed it later, we we can do it. It kind of depends on the situations. But there have been situations where people uh, mid project while we're designing it get transferred. Mm-hmm. We had a person. Uh, they were they worked for an airline in uh, St. Louis. Then they got transferred to Dallas, another hub. So suddenly they wanted the same plan, but they're two different areas. They wanted a different look. So we were able to make the adjustments for them to do it. Now, that's pretty rare that someone you know is going to say, hey, I don't know if I want to build in Florida or Colorado or New mm-hmm. York State. Mm-hmm. Generally, people have an idea so we could work with them on the design that, that makes, makes sense. But the, I think the point you're getting at is, they might possibly have a plan with a 612 roof pitch, which is basically six units up, 12 units across. That's a simple way to think of it. And they might say, hey, I'm, I'm going to be building a snowier area or in a bigger area, or I just like the architectural look of a steeper design. So we can go through and change that. And it's not just roof pitch. It's overhangs. It's eaves. You know, just, just different details that, that can be added to it. Hmm. So uh, we we could do that, and that that's we like to do all of that in the preliminary plan stage, where where we can go through and draw it up so people can look at it and see what it what it looks like. But it sounds to me, I mean, my question really was: you guys don't freak out too much if if there are even big changes come along. You, it sounds like you you kind of field those as they come, and you've probably seen everything. It, yeah, we've been doing it since 1993, so freaking in us out is probably going to be a pretty interesting thing. But hey, if you do it, you know, I'll, I'll be happy to laugh along and, and go, "Wow, you got me." But uh, no, I, I mean, if that, the idea is to get people the house that they want, there's no mm-hmm. sense in spending the money and not getting the house you like. Right. So yes. we're we're able to to do the changes, and uh, but but people should understand that at a certain point they should work to 
to make decisions that make sense and 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 move forward of course now i've got all my plans together we've worked them all out we know what we're going to build how do i know the building department in my area is going to accept my plans and and does landmark uh help me with that dealing with building departments yes building departments are interesting um there are places in the country where building departments don't exist mm-hmm. or if they do exist they just really want to know hey are you building a house it's more for government tracking um, then there's others which are extreme and they could have lists of five six seven hundred items that they need on the house plans either way we contact the building department find out what it is that they need and put the details on there every single one of our customers that submitted and gone through the process has gotten um, gotten building permits hmm. so the key to it is some building departments are a little more tricky than others mm-hmm so some will take a set of plans and say, yep, that's good. There's your permit. And you walk out with it five days later, or sorry, five minutes later. Mm-hmm. And then there's other places where they just need detail after detail after detail, even though it isn't on the list of what they tell you they need. Mm-hmm. So in that case, we just work with a customer and it's part of our process to supply the details that they need so that they get the permits that that relate to our portion of the home, you know, the building permits Mm -hmm. uh, type of a situation. And some building departments ask for some pretty interesting things. So you've Uh, dealt, you've dealt, it sounds like with some very picky building departments. Oh yeah. We, (laughs) we, we've had some stuff where I scratch my head and say, where did this one come from? But the point is we have the right people to get those answers and, and get them taken care of. So that they have the set of plans because it's pretty rare that a building department asks for something that's completely senseless. Mm-hmm. They're they're probably asking for it because they've run into a situation before and they want to avoid that situation. So generally most building departments are uh, you know pretty understanding. Some communicate better than others, but but we're able to uh to, to work through the process. And we talked about some some things on the last, uh, maybe the the podcast before, but um, I kind of wanted to reiterate a couple more things, if you don't mind. But uh, you guys, you guys are very helpful when it comes to dealing with things like energy energy codes and site plans. And, the, and we talked about mechanical system design. And can you just once again go over for maybe some of our new listeners who haven't heard um, how you guys go about all of that? Well, we've got a this is all kind of wrapping up the complete plan set for the building department. Some building departments want a site plan drawn up. And mm-hmm. a site plan is basically saying, hey, how does the house fit on your land? Okay, wh- whether you've got a city lot that's 50 feet by 100 feet or, or 200 acres, mm-hmm. you know, s- somewhere in a rural area, they still want to know, hey, where's your well, septic, water connection? Mm-hmm. Are you within the setbacks? Where's your driveway? Um and we, we can draw that, that information up. And it, it's a key point because you do want to make sure the house fits on the land, you know. And, and you know, on 50 acres in the country, it's not as big of an issue. But on a 50 by 100 lot in the city, there there's certain setbacks that you, the house has to fit within. So it's good to have a site plan and it lets people understand what they're doing. It also helps you with scheduling and the actual processes of going through and uh, building the home. Mm-hmm. Um, energy codes, not every building department requests, 
But what energy codes are is a theoretical calculation showing, basically gives you the end result of how you need to insulate your home. Hmm. And in some cases, what type of furnace to use, what type of hot water heater. And to wrap in the pre, you know, just a little while ago, we're talking about windows. They may go through and say, you need a certain performance factor in your window to make sure that your, your home is energy efficient. Now, this, this is one thing that's interesting. A lot of people say, oh, my, my building department doesn't require energy efficiency. It's it's not necessarily that you need to satisfy the building department. It's you you want to know that you're building a good home so your energy bills are less. Mm. So uh, so that's it. And then, oh, you asked about mechanical system design. Right. Mechanicals are basically considered plumbing, electric, and then heating, ventilation, and air conditioning. So some building departments will just want to know a plumbing layout showing, hey, where does the water come in and where does the water go out? Others will want to know pipe sizing. And others, um, plumbing is also gas pipe, the black pipe for plumbing. So some building departments will ask details on the size of piping, how long the pipe has to go and, and other stuff like that. We can supply that. We can also do the electrical layouts and complete electrical engineering if the building department or the customer requests it. And then also mechanical system design, the manuals S, D, and J, which basically sort out, you know, heat loss calculations. It'll sort out the, uh, the, the sizing of the, the furnace. And it also show a ductwork layout. So that's, those are important things. If someone wants to monitor and understand what is, what is going on with their home, because uh, especially with uh, HVAC design, the heating and ventilating is uh, a lot of people will go get an estimate and say, hey, this guy's one price and this guy's half the price. Well, you got to wonder why the guy's half the price. Maybe one guy's too expensive. Maybe one guy's not giving you the right amount of ducts mm-hmm. to, to heat or cool your house properly. So um, we, we can help with that if the building department requests or the, the customer requests. We can supply those details to uh, to make it there. It's, uh, it's, it's one of these things you take a little bit of time doing it right now. The building will be easier and the enjoyment of the home will be better. Hmm. Well, this has been a pretty informative uh, podcast, um, but that's going to about wrap it, us, wrap it up for us for this episode of the Panelized Prefab Kit Home Building uh, Show. But before we leave, uh, Steve, tell our listeners how best to contact you guys over at Landmark Home and Land Company. We're, we're very easy to contact. You can call us at 800 830 9788 and if we can't answer your phone call right away we will get back with you we're very responsive we're very proactive and we're very communicative to to work with you to understand your project so we can help you best Uh, we have our website our company name is landmark home and land company and the website is basically lhlc.com so l is in landmark h is in home l is in land C is in company, lhlc.com. And then uh, you can also uh, email Mike. Mike generally works with people up front at mike at lhlc.com. Or if you've got questions of me, I, I'm landmark at lhlc.com. And like I say, we're, we're responsive, supportive. We're, we're on top of your project. So whatever we can do to help is fine. And 
And uh, people shouldn't be embarrassed to contact us and ask questions. It's uh, We understand it could be someone's fifth time around or it could also be their first time around. So mm-hmm. whatever we can do to help, we'll, we'll gladly do it. And there you go. So for Steve Tuma and myself, thanks for joining us once again on the Panelized Prefab Kit Home Building Show. And we will see you next time. Well, thank you. <laughs>